it's Andrew Duncan here. This is the Agent Monday podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. In today's episode, I'm going to run you through my top tips for improving your appraisal to list ratio. It's all good getting appraisals, right? It's all good getting opportunities to go and see owners. But if you aren't able to convert those into real listings, then it's an uphill battle to increase your commissions. So once we get those opportunities, we really need to make the most of them. And in this guide, I'm going to give you my best tips from a long career in real estate. So let's tear into it. I know you're busy. I know you're flat out. We're going to cut straight to the tips. This uh, episode has got a lot of scripts and questions and things. There is an accompanying guide that goes with it, which has all these things written down. You will find a link to that in the show notes. You can also go to agentmonday.com and in the search box, look for listing presentations and you'll find this article as well. It's called How to Get Better at Real Estate Listing Presentations. Now, this is a part of your business you can improve. Even if you've struggled in the past, you can definitely get better. And the cool thing about this aspect of real estate is that it it can just have such an important impact on your overall income and success, right? Like if you just, just tweak one or two things in your presentation that uh, increase your conversion rate, that has a massive flow-on effect. Even if you're already really good at listing presentations, upping your conversion percentage a little bit more can, again, make a big difference. So I'll run through quite a few tips here, but feel free to just pick the one or two that can work for you and that you can implement quickly and see how you go. I'd love to hear some feedback. Uh, If these tips work for you, please let me know. Small differences can make a massive difference. Simply asking the right question at the right time could be the key difference between missing the listing and winning it. So that's my first suggestion, is to lead with questions. Start by understanding your client's situation before you offer any guidance. The goal is to listen more than you talk, especially during the first half an hour to an hour of your initial meeting. You want to spend the entire time getting to understand your client's situation before you prescribe any advice, right? And I know this can be really tricky. A lot of real estate agents just walk in there and start spouting on about what they recommend. But instead, like a good doctor, you should diagnose before you prescribe. And how do we diagnose? We ask open questions. Use questions like, what would you like to get out of our meeting today? What information do you need right now to help you move forward? Why have you decided to sell at this time? What will selling your home allow you to achieve? What attracted you to your current home? What do you like most about living here? Have you sold a property before? How was that experience? How did it go? What are you looking for in a real estate professional? Those sorts of questions are so, so powerful. You really want to be led by the customer. You want to understand what do they need from that time, right? Because if there's something that's on the top of the owner's mind, like say all they care about is the price right now, there's no point you harping on about auctions or tenders or you know the current market or you know, when they should go on the market or any of these other subjects, if all they care about is the appraisal price, then 
that's kind of what you want to tear into. Conversely, if they know all that stuff and all they care about is commission rates, then you want to understand that so you can tackle that early on. Because otherwise, anything else you talk about, they're not going to listen to until you cover the subject that's on the top of their mind, right? You also really want to know about their past real estate experiences. You want to understand whether they've had a good experience or a bad experience in the past before you prescribe any suggested approach, right? Like if you don't find out that, hey, they had a terrible experience doing an auction four years ago, it was the worst day of their lives, and you go in there trying to sell them on doing an auction, you're going to look (laughs) pretty stupid and it's highly unlikely they're going to list with you. Now, you can still suggest they do an auction, but you're going to need to approach that in a far more sensitive, cautious way, knowing that they've had this bad experience in the past. So unearth as much information as you can before you make any suggestions or recommendations. Now, I've got another guide on the Agent Monday site called 23 Questions to Win Your Next Real Estate Listing Presentation. Now, that sounds like a lot, but it's really just a, a resource to give you lots and lots of questions in your toolbox so that you never run out of things to say, right? You never run out of things to ask your owner. So you can go to our site and download that. Just type 23 questions into the search box. Um, and you know, I highly recommend checking that out. It's a great way to kind of just something to read through before you walk into an appraisal, just to give you that prompt, that mental prompt of like, right, yes, I can ask that. Good questions are open questions. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with that term, an open question is one like, What are you looking for in a real estate professional? A closed question is something that has a yes or no answer. So a closed question would be like, have you sold a property before? Yes or no, right? That's a closed question. The open question would be, how have your past real estate experiences been? Please tell me about those. The other key aspect of one of these questions I talked about was the idea of asking what attracted them to their current home. And what do you like most about living here? It's really important to show them that you're interested in understanding what they like about their home. You're not going to presume you know. You're going to ask them what they like because it's highly likely that the next person who buys their house will fall in love with the same sort of aspects. And I think it sends a really nice message to the owners when we try and understand them and their connection to this home rather than just bringing in our own beliefs or our own expectations. Now, that's step one, to lead with questions. So when you walk into that appraisal, you're walking up the driveway, you're about to knock on the door, just remember, I'm going to lead with questions. The first half an hour is all about asking questions and gathering information. Please take notes. There are people out there who think they have, you know, photographic memories and can memorize everything. I'm telling you, once you get busy, I just, I don't see how that's possible. And I think it sends a funny message to an owner if you ask lots of questions and don't write any notes. So I do encourage you to write notes as they're speaking to you. There are some people would say that that can sort of reduce the connection if you're not holding eye contact and instead you're sort of writing things down. But personally, if I'm meeting with someone, I like it if they take the time to, uh, you know, take some notes on what I'm saying so I know that it's landing. You know, it, it, I feel like it's a nice way to show that you're paying attention. Um, you do want to build rapport, maintain eye contact, listen to them intently while they're talking, don't interrupt them. Um, but do try and take some notes as well, just to show them that you are really paying attention and want to remember what they are telling you. 
Now, before I go on to step two, I just want to say that I've actually skipped a really important step. And that is, before you even get to the property, to send, you guessed it, a pre-listing kit. I highly recommend this. I know people are kind of split on whether this is a good idea or not. I really think it's a fantastic idea. Uh, Here's the key reason why I like pre-listing kits, right? So, if you walk into an owner's property and they've never met you before, then for the first 10, 15, 20 minutes, there's a high probability that they're spending all that time just trying to figure out if they can really trust you or not. They're just, they're on their cagey, they're unsure about you, you're a real estate agent, they don't know whether to believe you or not, are you just going to try and force them into selling something or doing something they don't want to do? So that first 10 to 15, 20 minutes is all about kind of trust building and rapport building, which means they're probably not going to be listening too much to what you have to say. So what a pre-listing kit does is it kind of speeds up that process. If they get a pre-listing kit from you that sends this message that you're organized, you know what you're doing, you're a professional, you care about this opportunity, and it just speeds that whole trust building process up so that you kind of hit the ground running a bit more by the time you actually get to the property now what to put in your pre-listing kit that's always the question right and that's often what stops people from selling from sorry from uh from providing one to their owners now we do have a guide for this of course as well so if you look up pre-listing kits in uh the search box at agentmonday.com you'll find this article it's called what to put in your pre-listing kits i'll also put a link to it in the description of this podcast episode too now just a note on pre-listing kits if you don't want to just chuck a random bunch of paper in if you don't have something pre-made there's nothing wrong with just putting a nice uh bag of quality coffee a nice box of chocolates and a handwritten card inside a box. And the card would say, thanks for getting in touch. I appreciate you thinking of me. I look forward to our meeting on Thursday at 2 p.m. or whatever it is. And I'm excited to hear about your goals for the future. Simple as that. Just a card and some, you know, some coffee and some nice biscuits saying, thanks for the opportunity. Maybe it's got some chocolates in it. You know, thanks for the opportunity. I'll see you on Thursday at 2 o'clock. If you want to be super organized, you could put in some uh testimonials some past client sort of references as well that'd be super cool i've also got other resources on the agent monday site you can use we've got a 41 step ultimate preparing for sale checklist which you can include which is super cool and uh things like the agent scoring matrix presentation tips for sellers uh, seller surveys all sorts of cool stuff that you could look to add if you wanted to so check out that article on the agent monday site too so Now, we're going to go back to the actual listing presentation. We've led with questions. We've asked them uh, about their situation. And uh, now, step two is to ensure that you go at their pace. Is your client a driver personality who's in a rush to make a decision? They just want the facts. They want to know it now. They're in a hurry. They want to get on with their lives. If that's the case, then you better cut to the chase and get on their level real quick. Answering questions promptly and informatively and answering the questions that they have on their mind. On the other hand, if your client is an amiable personality type, then you will need to spend time building serious rapport 
before you start discussing commission rates and marketing plans. You might need to spend an hour talking about their kids, their dog, how they came to buy this house, what they like about living in the area, all these other things before you get down to business. Whereas the driver doesn't want to talk about that stuff. They just want to know your commission rate, when you can put it on the market, how you want to sell it, et cetera, et cetera. And it's super critical to try and ascertain what type of personality type you're dealing with so that you can go at their pace. And the goal is you want to match their energy and cater your approach to suit their needs, right? And also you want to talk at their speed. So I'm guilty of often talking too quickly. And that suits a driver. If I was dealing with someone who just wanted to make decisions quickly, I can match that. But often if I'm dealing with an amiable type person, then I really need to slow down and go at their speed. Take my time. So there's four main types of personalities. And there are different ways of using these. People in different systems use different words for it, but they're all kind of similar, right? The the kind of four that I uh, refer to would be the driver type, you know, action person, only wants the meeting to be 15 minutes long, just tell me the facts. Your amiable type, they want to be your friend, right? It's all about how you make them feel. You need to spend a lot of time talking about, you know, like getting to know them before you talk about business. Uh, The next type of personality would be an analytical. They want to know all the facts and figures. They want to analyze the shit out of everything. They want all your sales graphs and charts. And, you know, they want to know what the average price compared to rateable value is over the last three months for their type of home. And they, they want to know all the information. You give them a list of sales, they'll pour through every single one looking for ones that are comparable to their home. The last personality type is the expressive. The expressive is, you know, the upbeat, extroverted, you know, wears bright colored clothing, super fun to be around. Uh, So you, and, and if you're sort of like, if you go into an expressive's home and you're boring and analytical and want to pour through charts, they're going to get so bored so quickly and they're not going to list with you. Conversely, if you walk into an analytical person's home and you try and cut to the chase and just, you know, skip over all the detail, then they're not going to list with you. So you kind of want to be prepared for any personality type and adjust your approach accordingly. If it's a driver, you're going to get down to business real quick. If it's an amiable, you're going to take your time, ask lots of questions, get to know them first. If it's an expressive, you're going to be super excited about their home and super excited about the market and super excited about the possibility of working together. If it's an analytical, you're going to make sure you've got all your charts and data and sales info with you and you're going to spend time going through that information with the analytical person to help them make a logical decision. Cool. Right, so now that we've gone at their pace, we need to understand that sales is simply a transfer of energy. So consider this. Think about your appraisal process. Think about your listing process. Are you excited and engaged when you are sitting in front of clients? Or are you nervous, cautious, and skeptical? This applies to any personality type, even the analytical type ones that you meet with. You still need to be excited and engaged and positive. And this can be hard to, it can be hard to sort of get in the mood, right? You might have had a really tough day. You might have just had a deal crash. You might have had a fight with one of your colleagues. Maybe you've had a fight with your spouse, you know, or one of your kids or something's gone on in life. And it's really hard to sort of turn it on 
just when you walk in to a listing presentation. Top agents often have a favorite sort of like primer song that they listen to in the car before walking into an owner's home. This is usually a high energy, uplifting tune which puts a smile on your face and gets you ready to go. Now this will be quite personal to you, but in the in the guide to this uh, to this podcast, I've also got, of course, a song that I would use that I would recommend because you know we're all about music, as you'll as you'll know if you're an Agent Monday member, and and so we've even got a, pl- a playlist on Spotify full of uplifting music to really like help your office productivity and and for you to play at open homes. And it's just if you want to find that, look for the Agent Monday playlist on Spotify. So have a go-to song that pumps you up that you can play in the car. And try and get to your appraisal early and just park yourself down the street a bit and just take a moment to breathe. Take a moment to let go of anything that's happened to you that day. Just try and be in that moment. Try to forget about everything else. Put on your song. Take five minutes. Get yourself in the zone. Read through your list of questions to ask. And set yourself up the right way to really succeed and make the most of that opportunity. Tip number four, and this goes back to before the listing presentation again, is to video yourself. I know most people freak out at the idea of role play. But the absolute number one way to get better at listing presentations is to video yourself practicing. You can do this in the office. Ask a colleague or a friend to role play with you and offer some pointers. Even doing this just once will drastically improve your listing skills. Yes, it's hard to video yourself, and even harder to watch it afterwards. You don't even necessarily need to do that. Even just the practicing will be enough. But ask yourself, how many commissions have you missed out on already by not practicing the most important skill in real estate, which is presenting yourself to potential sellers? Why is it in real estate, do you think, that we choose to practice on the public? Because if you don't role-play listing presentations outside of the actual listing presentation itself, then you are practicing on the public. All great performers practice, and that's what makes them good. Right? Any rugby player, any cricket player, any pianist, any performer that you can think of, they practice. Now, people who are really successful at real estate maybe they don't role play but they get good because they do so many appraisals right like i got to the point where i was doing easily you know sometimes i'll be doing five appraisals in a day during my career and so if you're doing something that often you naturally get good essentially i was practicing on the public but i was practicing so much that i got expert at it so if you're only doing one appraisal a week or one appraisal you know every two weeks then it's critical that you practice outside of the real thing so that you can make the most of the few opportunities that you do have so find a buddy ask them to play the vendor with you ask them to be a vendor and i know this is so hard i know it's challenging and i know it feels weird and awkward i'm telling you this could be worth oodles of money to you how many commissions have you already missed out on by not practicing before you go into a live listing situation. 
if you practice with each other, you will help each other get better and you will help each other succeed. Tip number five. Don't dash their hopes and dreams. That's the owner, I mean. It's common and understandable for sellers to have high expectations at the start of the selling process. These expectations might even be unrealistically high, and that's okay. It's human nature to see the best in our homes and believe they are better than all the competition. Your job is to educate your client throughout the process, not to dash their hopes of a top price right from the start. Owners want to hire an agent who believes in the potential of their property. They want an agent who can find the best buyer who will use all their skills to try and secure their dream price. Now, at the same time, you don't want to mislead clients or to raise expectations of an unrealistic result, or you will end up disappoint with disappointed owners later on. So you need to transverse or traverse the, the fine line of realism with the potential to be surprised. Here are the sort of words you could use. Mr. and Mrs. Owner, I'm a marketer, not a valuer. This is our appraisal range based on recent local sales. But now let's talk about what steps we can take to beat that range if possible. We don't want to have any preconceived limitations on price. My job is to go out and get you the very best possible result. And the other one that comes up is, like, say your owners, you ask them you know, what they're thinking on price, and they come back to you with a price that makes you go, Ooh, cripes, that's, that's huge. <laughs> that's like 200 grand more than what it's worth. Mr. and Mrs. Owner, if that price is out there, we will find it. I can't guarantee that, that that's possible, but I've got the marketing plan that if that price is out there, we will find it. I can assure you of that. So again, you're using words where you're not promising something you can't deliver, but you're also not denying them the opportunity to see if that's possible, right? Because at the end of the day, you don't know. Like we walk into listings with an expectation of what something's worth. We have an appraisal, right? We, we've studied the recent sales. We sort of know what similar homes are going for. But we can often be surprised. So you don't want to go in there with a closed mindset. they like, this property is worth X amount. Because we just don't know that. So better off to say, look, Mr. and Mrs. Owner, these are the recent sales. These are the facts. When I give you a written appraisal, I have to base it on facts, right? But that doesn't uh, preconceive, you know, or... or or limit my uh, expectations of what your home could be worth. My job is to go out and get you the very best price we can. What were you hoping it would sell for? Oh, we really want X. Hey, if that price is out there, we'll go and find it for you. That's my job, and I'm super keen to get started. Speaking of sort of that super keen to get started, uh, I want to talk about using soft closes. Most sales trainers would argue that asking for the order i.e., will you list with me, is the number one thing you should do to improve your results. And I am inclined to agree. But I also know that in the real world of real estate sales, when you get to the end of a tough lifting, listing presentation, asking, when can we start marketing your home? Or, I just need your signature here to get started, can feel a million miles away. In reality, most agents do leave their listing presentations without a signed listing form. Resigned to wait for the owners to call once they have deliberated on their decision. It's really common, right? And that's the normal process. You know, 
So if you walk into an appraisal and you walk out without the signed listing, don't be down on yourself. That's what happens to most of us. The owners will say things like, hey, we've got you know three other people coming. We'll give you a call and let you know. Okay, cool. You know, I've done my part. I've given you my, my spiel. Now I just have to wait and see if I'm the lucky one to get the listing. There is another way, though. There's a, there is a medium ground, and that is the soft close. These are questions which allow you to obtain some sort of commitment from an owner, or at least test their interest level in your services, without directly asking them to list with you. Soft closes are a great way to demonstrate your sales skills to an owner, while planting the seed that you are going to be their chosen agent. It's just a matter of time until they give you the official yes. Here are some example soft closes that you can use in your next listing presentation. So, Mr. and Mrs. Owner, now that we have spent some time together, how would you feel about working with me? Or another one. When do you think your home would be ready for photographs? If the answer is soon, follow up with something like, look, our photographer is so good, they get booked out weeks in advance. Would you like me to call them now to see when their next opening is so we can pencil you in? Or another one. Mr. and Mrs. Owner, I have been working with a buyer who I think could be perfect for your home. Would you like me to let them know a property like yours is coming on soon? Would you like access to our approved list of tradespeople who can help you get your home ready for the market? Do you need staging? Would you like me to check availability for you? The possibilities are endless when you start thinking about it like this. The idea is to ask them for permission to help solve one of their problems without directly asking for a signed listing. It's a lot harder for an owner to say no to hiring you if you have already added value to their sale process. So if you can find a way to help, whether it's putting them in touch with a builder, putting them in touch with a, a plumber who can sort out something that needs fixing, whatever you can do to help them, uh, it's harder through the law of reciprocity, it's much harder for them to not list with you once you've done something like that. Also, soft closes are far easier to say than words like, so, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, are you ready to list with me now? Like, that stuff can be really challenging, especially if you're quite sort of new to real estate, not super experienced, and not, you know, kind of this 100 house a year lister. Soft closes are much easier to say. My favorite one is the photographer one. Our photographer is so good, they get booked out weeks in advance. Would you like me to call them now to see when your next opening is so we can pencil you in? Like, look at that, right? Like, I'm not, uh, they haven't signed a listing yet, but if I've got their photographs penciled in for next Thursday at two o'clock, right? Like, <laughs> it's much harder for them to call me and say, no, look, sorry, Andrew, we went with someone else. I don't have a key yet, I don't have a signed listing form, I don't have anything except a penciled in photograph date, but I'm well on my way to securing that listing if I'm at that stage. And if they say no, that's okay too, right? Like you've shown them that you're keen. You've shown your enthusiasm without being pushy or over the top or sort of annoying them. It's also easy for them to say, hey, look, no, look, we're not quite ready for that yet, but we'll be in touch. But I do tell you, I believe they will respect your enthusiasm if you use an approach like that. One final tip. Always, always take your shoes off at the front door. The only exception, when I say always, always, would be if it's like right, like a building site, of course, right? Or like a real hoarder's house and you're just like, <laughs> don't know what you're going to step on. 
But for 99% of cases, even if the sellers don't ask you to do it, taking your shoes off shows respect right from the start of the meeting. And great relationships are built on respect. Agent Monday is an exclusive content marketing club for real estate professionals. We give you helpful educational info to share with your audience and teach you how to use it to grow your business. To find out more, visit agentmonday.com.